This is the Crop Watch podcast brought to you by McLaren Vale Great Wine and Tourism. I'm James Hook. And I'm Jill Gordon-Smith. And welcome. Yeah, welcome. It's uh, mid-October, late October now. Heading towards November, James. Yep. So we're right in the middle of spring, um, which is... I, we call it the grand period of growth. So we're getting um, really rapid shoot length and shoot expansion. Um, this is also the time of year when we can see disease for the first time. And we've had a almost a perfect storm for disease in the last week. Yeah, uh, disease likes, um, and when we say disease, there's two types, inside a vine and outside of the vine. The outside of the vine diseases like warm temperatures, high humidity, some rain, and they like clouds. And like we've overcast. had all of yep. that in this last week, so we're really talking about non-systemic diseases here. Yeah, chiefly for us in this area, it's powdery mildew first, botrytis second, and downy mildew is a less, of lesser importance in, in our um, region, certainly compared to what you'd see in Europe, where it is, is probably the main disease. Okay, so why is the main reason for that, James? What's the main reason? For we're that? we're in a much lower rainfall zone, so yep. so our homo climbs like is southern Italy, um, uh, central Spain, where it's a dry season. Yep. So whereas in northern Europe, they're dealing with rain a lot more. So we're pretty lucky. So really, we're um, going to be having a little bit of a walk in the vineyard, and then a discussion about these diseases and. Yeah. Whether they're showing up and, and how to yeah. deal with them. I brought you to my... This is the training vineyard. Okay. So this is the vineyard that we bring young agronomists to to get their skills up because you can find many of the... Uh, you can find lots of problems in a very short amount of time. Okay. Instead of walking around for hectares and hectares to find problems, you can find them here in a, in a small okay, area. Okay, so we won't identify this vineyard then. No. <laughs> no, no, no keep it a secret. I mean, it is a commercial vineyard. Um, so it is being tended and looked after. Um, as an agronomist, I love getting permission to go into a um, neglected or abandoned blocks because if you can get permission for that, then you can really get your skills up. Um, but this is the next best thing. Yeah, it's 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 had a, a checkered history. It's had years when there's been a lot of disease in it, and because you have those years, um, it uh, you get the, the after effects year after year after year. So. So at the moment, um, we're sort of going through periods of shoot and leaf growth, yeah. but also we have flowering and fruit sets. So you're saying um, that caps are about to drop yeah, or dropping? Yeah. Uh, so today's the 25th of October. We saw cap fall on the 24th of October last year, and we saw it yesterday, but only in very, very small amounts of Chardonnay. Okay, and you were saying that it was it's sort of in those Chardonnay vineyards that are basically closer to the beach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, warmest area will warmest go first. Warmest area goes yeah. first. Fantastic. So are we going to go for a walk? Yeah, so we'll we'll go for a walk. Um, it's quite windy outside, so we'll leave the microphone here. I'll take my snips and we'll try and uh, find as much disease as possible and then we can discuss and it. And then break it down yeah. back yeah. at the office. No problem. Awesome. Let's go for a walk. Okay, um, so through the magic of podcasting, we've been on a on a walk. We're about way about ten minutes. About ten minutes. We've come back in. Within yeah. that ten minutes, James, we've found an awful lot of examples of a lot of different yeah, types of yeah. diseases. Yeah, I said it's a good vineyard for he training. He said it was a really yeah. good vineyard for training. Yeah. Um, so I've got my iPad here, and that actually shows where we are as a little blue dot. Okay. On a, on a map, 
and then that sh allows me just to click on the records of this vineyard and that's a good prompt to, to go through and actually see the things that you would see right. in a site. Um, yeah, so the first thing, first thing I've got to log in this site is the growth stage. Now, what did we find for growth stage? Did we see any flowering? Um, yes, we yes, did. Yes, I did. Yep. So I'm about 1% to 2% So you flowering. said 1% to 2%, yep. yeah. So this vineyard's at Eda L19. Okay. And can uh, you explain early flowering? Early flowering. Oh, the, there's, a, there's a whole series of numbers. Right. I think it's the Ein, Einhorn Longchamp scale. Okay. Lorenz, sorry. Einhorn Lorenz scale. And they give each growth stage a number. Yeah, and so we had a look at um, one of the little um, buds and we saw that we've got some flowering happening and it's yep. about 1%, 1, 1 to 2%. Well, yeah, 1%. Yep. 1, 1%. Yep. Yep. Uh, now, Should beneficial it... insects. Oh, okay. Well, we saw some non-beneficial insects. Uh, we did. Yeah, yes. we saw some grapevine scale. We saw some grapevine scale, which you could just pick off. Yeah. Um, and then we also saw... This little beastie lace here. Lacewing egg. Lacewing yeah. egg. Yeah. yeah. So what... A... It, it was a little bit hard for me to find that for you. I didn't find that till the end of the no. walk. So I know there's actually a low level. Low level of If that. there was a high level, I would have been here straight away, Jill. Beautiful. Check out the lacewing So walking egg. through that vineyard, observing, you know, is really important. Yeah. We didn't see any caterpillars. No, we saw some maybe evidence of caterpillars, yeah. though. We didn't saw actually some, see them. Didn't so, actually see them. So that's, that's cool. Um, I showed you mites. You I showed did you show blister me mites. mites. There's yeah, quite a lot of did. blister mites. There was mite. a lot of that. So it's a moderate level of that. Yep. Now we get to the big ones. Okay. So, so powdery mildew. So I was showing you how I find powdery mildew. Yes, and you'd one of the most important things is you'd actually seen it there before, so you marked mm. it. I had tags you had in tags, that site, and yep, I was going and site. checking my tags. Yeah. Yep. The reason for that is is powdery mildew um, begins in the same ignition points, if you like, every season. Okay, so it's there. Yeah. It, it, Once it's there, it's there. Yeah. Powdery gets through winter in two ways. It either um, infects the bud the year previously, waits through winter, and then bursts as a flag shoot, or in summer... Um, the summer of the year previously, powdery can make spores. Okay. And they, they get on the ground, and they get on the vine, and they just wait for the right conditions to so germinate. So we were talking a little bit about it's like having a fungal, any fungal disease, it's going to wait until the optimum conditions yeah, are there. I think you used the tinier example the tinier in the shower. Yeah. Um, that it, it, you know, it waits until the optimal yeah. conditions it waits for, for it to... A small amount of rain, yes. um, high humidity, and the temp temperatures above about... I think it's twelve or thirteen degrees, yep. and then it'll germinate those seeds. So, yeah. so we've had that. Yeah, yeah, we all have we week. have that this week. So we know there'll be germination. And so week. when that does actually happen, you'll see evidence of that really quickly. Yeah, within a few days. Within a few yeah. days. So I, I went out and could, uh, today I couldn't find it. Okay. Um, but last week I did find some of that germination. So it's there, and you have to. Continually... It's there, but we're on a we're on a time budget, <laughs> so yes. I might have to come back when I got come some. Come back and have. Yeah. But um, so all right. One of my questions is. How do you identify it? Because you were pulling off um, leaves and you were looking up to the sun. Yeah, I was showing you a hack that yeah. um, if when I find something I don't like the look of, I pick it off and hold it up to the sunlight and use the sun like a 
like a tool and the sun streams through the leaf and gives me like a, I guess, x-ray vision of it. So okay. you can actually see all the way through the leaf and see everything that's happening. And a fungus will um, have an infection kind of trail on the leaf. Like a pattern? Like a pattern. Whereas like just a little yellow spot or a splodge or a, a small amount of insect damage won't have that. Okay. So very, instantly you can tell if it's fungus or, or not. Fantastic. That's a really good good hack. Um, any other hacks? Um, oh, yeah. Put me on the spot. Uh, oh, well, it's it's the, uh, there's a writer, Malcolm Gladwell, if you're familiar with Malcolm Gladwell. Should, I'll, I'll send you some links. He talks about the 10,000-hour rule. Okay. So what 10,000 hours, if you do something for 10,000 hours, you transcend. Your skills become something that are, are um, beyond training. So it's once you've spent enough time in a vineyard, you notice everything about it without it even being conscious about very it. Very instinctive yeah, then. Yeah. And so what tends to happen is, is, for me, the way I describe it is I can walk past something and be talking to you and then I'll stop. And I'll walk back two steps and I'll put my hand out and I go, that is wrong. Right, which you found quite a few things that yeah, were wrong today. Yeah. So I was talking to you the whole time we and I'm like, that's wrong. And I'm not even thinking about it. I just do it. So it's very instinctive. The problem is, is that getting that skill level up requires being in a vineyard a lot. So, I mean, you, we were also talking about the fact that there's lots of different ways that we, we work in vineyards these days, and a lot of them don't involve actually being in the no, vineyard. No, people are not in vineyards as much as anymore, which which means that it's important for my generation to make sure that the next generation gets these skills about spending time in vineyards, in vineyards. and picking stuff up. Because if you're just flying a drone or you're just driving a, a tractor, especially driving a tractor, you never see anything things. in it. I mean, yeah. we, we walked not very far into this vineyard and you picked up one, two, three, four to five different hmm. things that were going on. Yeah, in 10 minutes. In 10 Whereas minutes. Whereas if I, even if I was on a quad bike, like driving around, I would have missed it. Yeah, you got to get that. It's just that time in the vineyard, standing there, looking at stuff, waiting and watching. Yeah. So how do you actually... Okay, so you've identified you've got powdery. How are you going to deal with that? And how um, are you going to deal with it under the sustainable, you know, Yeah, um, this, this, is, this is an organic vineyard, which makes things a bit more difficult. Um, so what, what you need to do is, now that we get some colonies of powdery starting, we have to limit how much they multiply. Because we can't actually kill them. People are always like, oh, yeah, but if you put on this chemical, you're going to kill it. No, you're only going to stop it from um, spreading. Right. So once it's there, it's there. You need yeah, to control te Technically, it. you're actually only just slowing down how much it spreads. Okay. Now, if you do a good job with you know, inverted commas chemicals, and when I say chemicals, I'm meaning stuff like sulfur, and even you asked me about how you use milk. Yep. Or anything, even... even or oil anything, oil, or botanical oils, anything like that. Um, they're just preventing the sp spores from being like establishing yeah. on, on the fresh part of the leaf. So during this part of the season, because the vines are growing so quickly, it's very hard to keep coverage on them. And that's where the secret weapon comes in handy. And what's that secret weapon? Well, sunlight is the secret weapon. Okay. Because sunlight will do the job for you without you having to do anything. Okay, so here we're coming into canopy management mm. and training. 
One of the reasons this is a poor vineyard for disease is because it has a really high shoot density. Um, you're, you're looking down a row now, and that is about a metre in width, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's about probably 1.6 in height. Yep. A lot of shading, a lot of leaf on top of leaf, and very, very thick. Um, with a VSP canopy, a vertical shoot position canopy, that is only, you know, maybe 10, 20 centimetres thick and maybe 1.6 high. So it's the same height, but it's nowhere near as wide and it doesn't have any shading in it. So you were saying that that's why in the Northern Hemisphere, very important for VSP training. Yeah, VSP is, is established in those high latitude areas, um, firstly because it catches the maximum amount of sunlight, but it's actually really because it prevents shading, which has this great side benefit of keeping disease naturally under control using using UV light, because UV radiation kills the spores, so how, stops powdery spores. So how do we balance that in Australia? Um, it's because we have a lot of sunlight. Yeah, I mean, if I if you told me, look, James, disease control is really vital. It's the most important factor in this vineyard because we're losing our crop every couple of years. Um, I'd get out the chainsaw. Okay. Chop the trunks off, rework it, just have a single wire, and go to something like a VSP. If you told me that was the most important factor in this vineyard, okay. that's what I would do. Because I can stop disease using sunlight to do most of the heavy lifting okay. for me, instead of having to go and spray a lot. So how many sprays, say, would you... This one would have done yeah. three on it already, but, okay. it, but you can see that it's not... They're not going to be able to get into that canopy now okay so they're obviously going to have to spray a lot more than is a really lot more necessary. frequently well it's necessary for this site because they're not getting the uv light effect they've got shading already it's middle of october and they've got shading so um yeah and what's going to be the downside of uh, as far as quality um of grapes and wine with this vineyard um this is a chardonnay vineyard so shading and having green fruit characters isn't necessarily a bad thing for wine quality. It 100% is a bad thing for red wine quality yep. because you get you get less colour in your fruit, anthocyanin. Okay. You get less tannin, you get less phenolics, which are all the things that winemakers like. Yep, and also more green More green characters, and characters. characters. Yep. So here it's kind of okay for the style that it's making. Okay. Um, but that is an exception to the way mostly what we're seeking in this region. And it's going to have an effect on yield as well? Yes, because shading um, through a through a multi-year effect, um, if you have a bud that develops in sunlight, it's more likely to have bunches for next year than one that develops in the shade. Okay, so in Australia, you were talking about powdery being our main problem yeah, rather than powdery. Powdery is our main problem. So next on my list in my spread, you know, my little computer program I've got there is downy mildew. Now I'm I'm ninety nine point nine nine percent certain there's no downy mildew in this vineyard before going into it. Okay. Because we got weather stations. Okay. And the weather stations have not recorded a downy mildew ten ten twenty four event. So because I know that that hasn't been recorded, it could only be here if. The weather station was wrong, and the weather stations aren't very far from here. We're almost in the town of McLaren. There's three quite close. Okay. 
or if something strange had happened like uh, they were running the irrigation system during a rain event, the irrigation system was spraying water into the canopy, that could have changed conditions. But the chances of that are very, very slight. Yeah. So we're talking about canopy and growing an adequate canopy is vital for vines, especially with the first fruit set because, um, and also for ripening during summer. So a lot of work needs to be done in a vineyard like this and a lot of um, concentration on the canopy and canopy management. Yeah, the, ca the, the canopy... Also, um, I probably didn't point it out to you when we were walking, but there's, there's many of these shoots are actually stopping growing because what's happening now, the vine as, is just beginning flowering. The vine is now about um, reproductive growth, okay. about ripening fruit, and it's not about growing shoots. So... You will see this happen quite a lot. If vines start flowering, they stop growing. Okay. If they're running short of nutrient or um, running short of water, they will stop growing. And they need those nutrients and water quite early in the cycle. Yeah, here, here, if this vineyard did not if did not grow any more shoots and leaves, and it had to get through summer, it would be a disaster. Okay. So that is something that all growers have to balance. They can't afford to have their vineyards go into flowering too short of yes. canopy and stop. So again, everything is a balance and being observant and walking in your vineyard, seeing what's going on, you know, asking for help if, yep. you, if you need it, yep. um, is, is really important at the moment. So we've got powdery mildew. Have you seen any evidence of grey rot? Um, so using, using the name Botrytis. Yes. Yeah. Um. Bad Botrytis, not yeah, good Botrytis. Uh, we, we can get Botrytis on leaves at this time of year. Okay. If they've been torn by the wind or by hail, um, and then you get the warm, humid conditions we're talking about, they will develop a Botrytis infection. Um, we walked through this vineyard and there wasn't any. There are some sites that have a little bit, and that's quite normal in McLaren Vale to have some botrytis at this point of the year, because we are quite a windy region. We're on the ocean; there's a lot of, a lot of um, bad weather comes rolling through in yep. spring. Uh, but this season, the levels of it are almost zero. They're very negligible because we've been spared the really high speed winds. We have actually We've only had a couple of days that were average sp wind speed of like forty five kilometres an hour. Uh, and none of that 100 kilometre hour really bad stuff. That we can, We yeah. recorded after some of that last year. We did. Yeah, we had the 100k winds. So <laughs> what would you... I said we've seen some other sort of bits and pieces of disease yep. in the vine. You've got this lovely little uh, leaf yeah, here. Yeah, blister mite. I had some frost damage as well yep. I showed you. You yeah. showed me that with the frost damage yeah. and all the cells damage there. That Again, hold them up to the sunlight. You can see that really easily. Yeah, so what's happened with those frost damaged um, cells actually inside the leaf they don't have chlorophyll in them, so they're just a blank. Just, and it creates that interesting little pattern. If that was the first time you saw it, you might think that was a disease, but yeah, it has a, has a different explanation. And then, of course, um, we saw our mites, and we only saw one of these little things. Yep. Um, so, again, that was, that was a lacewing egg. The lacewing uh, egg, If yeah. I go back to my list, um, so we know... About powdery downy botrytis. Oh, Utipa. We oh, we saw, saw some Utipa. We saw so much Utipa, I didn't even bother taking <laughs> no, samples of no, it. No, don't. So that one's like yeah. in the high. Yeah, so Utipa obviously is living inside the vine. So um, the rules about humidity and um, UV sunlight uh, don't apply to that. 
So it's inside and outside yeah. diseases. So you outside diseases, um, you use the term systemic and non-systemic. Yes. Um, I'm always dumbing my language down. I love that though, inside and outside yeah. diseases. It makes sense. Yeah, because I just want to try and explain things as easy as possible. So the outside diseases, diseases that are on the surface of the vine or um, on the just into the leaves of it, love humidity, don't like sunlight, and they like warm temperatures. So they usually both, all of them get started, like Downy gets started at 10 degrees, um, Botrytis goes quick, gets quicker, um, re- uh, I wanted to say replicates, is that the right yeah, replicates. way? You, yeah, replicates yeah, replicates itself quicker so. um, as temperature comes up to, a, you know, in the 20s. Okay. So anything that is a fungus loves, gets started maybe 10, 12 degrees, which is about the temperature a grapevine gets started. It is. Coincidentally. Coincidentally, yeah. yeah. Um, it's actually not a coincidence because they're grapevine diseases. So of course the diseases get started at the same time the vine gets started. And they, they go at their absolute quickest in the high 20s. And we've had 36 degrees this yeah. week. So 36 itself is borderline hot for it. Yeah. But in the lead up to the 36, you get a lot of that 20. And on we the did. come down, you get a lot of that 20 degrees. So what should people, to summarise, be doing at the moment? And what should they be? How often should they be in their vineyards? Yeah. What do you think they should um, be doing? I, I, if you inherit a block like this training block we're looking at, yes. you've got to be really frequent spraying. For normal business as usual, we've been keeping up good control year after year. Um, what's happened up until now is probably a little bit irrelevant. Um, there's probably not much fungus happening because we've had, you know, um, we've now just got to the point where you've got to be serious. You've got to get this flowering period done right. If you get the flowering sprays well-timed, so um, well, well-timed, I guess, means under good weather conditions for okay. spraying. So, if, so you can botch a job if it's really windy. Absolutely. You can botch a job if perhaps it's too hot. Like some of that spraying on um, the day that was 36, 37, mm, a little bit risky. Okay. And you can, um, that can actually have the opposite effect. It can burn your, right. burn your vines with what we're using. So getting that timing is critical. And then, then the interval in between sprays is critical. And so... Basically, how many sprays would you expect to be doing in? I think you have to do two good ones during flowering. So good coverage, kind of now at the start of flowering, and good coverage at the end of flowering. So picking the right day and the weather conditions, two really good sprays. And usually that's going to be two weeks apart. Okay. Now, under normal conditions. Um, you'd be looking at good spray at the start of November and a good spray at the middle of November. If you get those right, um, you will go 80 90% of the way to having clean fruit at harvest. So this is actually the best time. This is the most important time. Get this right. Get this right and you almost only have to worry about botrytis. At Fantastic. the end of the season, yeah. So that was that was a really great session, James. And this vineyard, we as I said, we're not going to name it, but having a walk through that, seeing some of the the diseases and the pests that are around, um, very good to see it all in one area. So if anyone's got any questions, they can contact you. They can ask us. Yeah, you you did have one more question about Europe that you wanted to ask me, and we can record that. Oh, about Esker. Yeah, Esker. Esker's really when I've I've just been in Bulgaria and um, the. 
everyone's talking about Esker. Yeah. So can you explain what Esker is and yeah. why we don't have it in Australia as much? So Esker is an inside disease. So it lives inside the vine, in the wood. Yes, and you see it when you cut that wood yeah. away. We have, we have Utipers, our inside disease. Yes. And there is another one in Australia called Botosphaeria. Okay. But it, it likes it warmer and hotter than here. So okay. it's more of a Hunter Valley that north way. area. Yeah. Um, but es- Esker lives inside the wood. And the only, the best way of stopping it is by stopping it from getting into your vineyard in the first place by treating planting material. Okay. And how would you treat that planting you hot material? hot water treat it. So you put it in um, 55 degree water. And ster- basically, you can sterilise the planting it. material that way. And we're fortunate in Australia that that practice has been really widespread for a long enough period of time that Esker is not uh, a common disease. I-, I was saying to you, I've seen it twice in my career in 20 years. And I've seen a lot in Italy. Yeah, but and- not... Because they don't do that practice. No, and... If you and- ask questions, it'd be like, treatment? What well, their, tr- their treatment was to expose it... And expose it to oxygen, um, kill it, and then basically cut it away. Mm. Yeah. Um, so we, we're very we, we're lucky that that we um, we're lucky that we aren't exposed to the full the full spectrum of grape diseases in in Australia. Um, Esker is here, but it's so uncommon. Luckily, that yeah, I say you can work twenty years as a disease scout and only find it twice. Great. Well, yeah. touch wood, we yeah. don't have those sort of issues. Yeah. Fantastic, James. Learned a lot today. Great. Thank you, Jill. And, and we'll meet again like after flowering in, in November. Um, let's hope we have nice, calm weather until then. And then we'll catch up and see where we're up to then. Yeah, good luck, everyone. Thank you. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the McLarenvale Grape Wine and Tourism Association, supporting growers in the McLarenvale Wine Region.